Good morning, queens. Good morning, leaders. Good morning, beauties. Good morning, everyone tuning in. Right now, you are listening to step one of the 12-step program to financial readiness. The first step in this program is educate yourself. Know your worth. All right. What we're going to discuss today is credit scores, what's on your credit report, know your debts, and the creditors. Have a good relationship with them. You made your bed, so be a queen and lay in it gracefully, honey. Know your left and right limits. Know your needs, wants, discretionary income. Understand your finances and create a budget around them. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this. Education is the key to success. If you don't know it by now, wealthy people, not rich, because you got you can be rich, have your money today, it's gone tomorrow. But wealthy people are forever learners. I mean, they are constantly developing themselves. They're constantly discovering new ways to bring in new money, discovering new ways to budget, learning to be frugal. They're, they're forever learners. They're constantly going. So the first thing we need to learn so that we can become wealthy is our credit score. A credit score can range from trash to cash. And what I mean by that is that magical three-digit number can open doors for you or get you a whole bunch of letters of not approved. Especially in the business world. Most people think that business credit is separate from your personal social security number and personal credit. It is to an extent. How do you think people get business credit? Do you think Capital One is not the same person who's going to be the one managing your business credit card with them? No, they share the same bank. They're just another branch up under that. So if you have a bad relationship with Capital One, of course, they're going to deny you when you request a business credit card. Why should they give you a business credit card when you can't even manage your own personal credit card? So that is another reason why your credit score is important. And average American credit score ranges from 400 to about 720. Credit scores can range from 300 to 850. 500 and below, baby, you need some help, okay? Like, you, you, it's all right. We're going to help you get there. 620 to 699 is fair, but it still needs some work. Like, but you're working on it, okay? 700 and above, all right, you're doing good, but baby, you could do better. Now, 750 to 850, great things are coming, okay? So now that you understand credit score, you understand the credit range, you understand the importance of it, we can now move forward onto credit report. All right, so a lot of people swear by Credit Karma, swear by uh, Credit Wise, all these credit programs that, you know, give you your credit report. However, most of these organizations only give you your TransUnion and your Experian. They don't provide you with your FICO score. So it's okay to buy into a program that offers that. If you're a military member and you have USAA, you they, they offer a service like that. So be sure that, you know, you're exhausting everything. 
but you can also get your free credit report. Ah, you didn't know that. All right. So every 12 months, you are entitled to one free credit report. To get this credit report, you have two options. You can visit ftc.gov or call 1-877-322-8228. So I'm going to say it again. To pull and get your free credit report, you can visit www.ftc.gov or call 1-877-322-8228. All right, so when you pull this credit report, the reason why this is important is because what's on your credit report is affecting your credit score. So if you have things in collections, if you have debts, if you, you have something on there you didn't even do, because we all know we have that one family member, not going to say who, mom, dad, uncle, you know, your crackhead aunt, whoever it is. You have that one family member who took your information while you were a minor and created some account and never, never made the payments on time. Yes, that is affecting your credit, honey. And guess what you can do? You can dispute it or you can just pay it back if... You're a non-confrontational person. You don't feel like you want to deal with the process. It's maybe only a crummy $120. And you're just like, hey, I'd rather just pay it, get over with. Don't want to have to go back and forth with disputes, wait for the claims. It's whatever your cup of tea is. But yes, pull your credit report because things affecting your credit score may not even be your fault. For example, when I went to basic training, my student loan, I needed to start payments on it. I had no idea because when I was in basic, I was not allowed to have my phone. I didn't have access to the real world. Like, how am I going to know that that's, that was due? Because I had been out of school. By the time I finished AIT in basic, six months, I did not know. My young, fresh 19 self was not aware. So when I finally, you know, re-entered the real world, and saw that, wow, my credit score went down. What's the issue? And Credit Karma came in clutch, let me tell you. And I visited Credit Karma, and it showed, oh, your student loan report delinquent, delinquent, delinquent. What? I didn't know. I was in basic. How you going to hold me accountable for that? You know what? But I had to be a, a queen and gracefully lay in my bed. So you know what I did? I called my... The person who manages my student loan, which is nelnet.com. And, you know, I informed them, hey, I just joined the military. I was unavailable to pay my student loan due to the fact I was in basic training, didn't have access to what I needed to call and schedule in. They put my loan in military defer- deferment and made it seem as if, you know, I was, it put me back in good standing. So you have programs. And once I did that, my credit score actually jumped up, like, 30 points. So as a veteran, as a mil- active duty military member, and even as a spouse, you you have leeway with credit companies. You have leeway when it comes to this stuff. So if you live on a military installation, if you live near a post, and even online, there are programs such as ACS, the Army Community Service Facility, and they can help you one 
get your credit report. They can help you set up a budget. And they can also show you how to improve your credit score. We have to remember, not just for ourselves, but also for our soldiers, for our children, for our family members, that we have these resources at hand to us. We need to use them. And if you don't have these resources and you're just listening in because, hey, someone told you, check out this podcast. I think it could help you. X, Y, Z. Boom, baby. It's all right because the internet has great resources as well. So that is another reason why you have to understand what your credit score is. You have to know it. So once you get that report, review it, okay? Let me say that again. Once you receive that report, whether it's via email, in the mail, if it's scanned to you, faxed to you, review it. Review it, review it, review it. Make sure everything on there is something that you did. Take full accountability for all your actions. And hey, you are not a scapegoat. So if there is something on there and you're like, I never did this. I wasn't born during this time. I don't even, I was five years old. Dispute it. If you don't want to dispute it, hey, pay it. Just take accountability for your actions in your life. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next one. So another thing that people should really take into consideration, even myself, which I I didn't know this until I was 20. I'm 24. I didn't know this until I was 20. Credit card usage is a thing. Yeah, the bank will give you all this money. Baby. Credit limit, 11000 And you know what? You're like, man, I'm about to... I'm about to go shopping, Sephora, here I come, Victoria's Secret, might go buy me a cute little coach wallet. They give you all this money, but you don't need to spend all of it. You don't even want to spend half of what you're actually allowed. And that's one of the reasons why I like Credit Karma, because every month I see my credit card usage. So of the whole total amount, you always want to stay 25% under. So let me say that again. Of the entire amount that you have to spend, you always want to stay 25% under. So if your credit card usage is, your credit card max is $1,000, you need to stay under $250 and pay off that 25% before you add another charge. That affects your credit score greatly because not only... When you go and apply for things, are they looking at your debt to income? They're looking at your credit card balances. If you owe a lot of money, your credit card balances, why am I giving you more money to spend when you're going to end up owing me? Yeah, the bank, the bank loves their money, but they're not fools, okay? They want to make sure they get what's theirs. And if it seems like you're struggling as it is to pay off the credit card that you have now, why add an additional expense when you can't afford it? So in the way... Hey, yeah, you didn't get approved for that credit card, but look on the bright side. They're actually helping you. They see that you're struggling and they want to give you a moment to catch up. That's why sometimes they'll turn around and offer you a secured credit card option, which means it's just your money. And even though a lot of people are like, well, why do I have to pay $500 for my own credit card? Well, I have to pay $1,000 for my own credit card for it to get secured. USA has a program I actually enjoyed and liked. And in fact, I'm probably going to open one again. I had a secured credit card 
And with that secured credit card, the $500 that I used to open it, in fact, this was my first credit card on my own. The $500 I used to open up that credit card and they secured it, they turned it into a CD. So as I was using that credit card, it was gaining interest. So yeah, I'm spending the money that's there, but hey, the CD was gaining interest. And then when I decided to close it out, whatever balance I had left, they used the secured amount, so the $500 to pay it off, and the remaining balance I used for myself. So sometimes not having a credit card, not getting an approval letter for another credit card company is a good thing. Take it as a sign. Maybe you're doing too much. So if everything reflects your actions, if everything on your credit report is like, you know what, I did this. Oh, that wasn't a good decision. But you know what? It is what it is. We are ready to move forward. So if there's delinquent payments, call the credit company. Call the credit company. Call the agency. Sometimes you, they may adjust it if you explain to them, hey, I had this and this going on. I had, I had a hard time. I had a lot of family issues going on. I had medical issues going on. They will work with you. But you're just like, dang, this is due. Let me dodge this bill collector. Let me dodge this. Let me dodge that. No, they're, they're going to be like, oh, you just are irresponsible. If people took paying the rent as seriously as hand, man, managing their credit cards, if they managing their debt, I guarantee you everyone's credit score will be up 100%. Some agencies will even knock off extra fees. Because let's say, um, for example, I'm a rental property. You didn't pay me, you get evicted, you get kicked out, XYZ, all these late fees. I done sold it to an agency. So I sold all of that info to an agency. You could dispute it and be like, well, my information was sold. Yeah, it'll fall off for a little bit. Or you can contact that agency and say, hey, you know, I, I understand I have this debt with you all and I understand this company. Is there a way that we could come to an understanding or agreement? Sometimes they're like, yeah, we'll take off the late fees if you give us a promise to pay of $10 a month. Sometimes they're like, absolutely not. Pay us our money right now, today. And then at that point, you kind of got to choose your bow wisely. And be like, hey, I can either do a payment plan or move on until you can actually afford the debt. Move on to the next one until you can just pay it off in full. But a lot of times they'll work with you. For example, I attended Old Dominion University. That school was expensive. It wasn't cheap. Student loan, I was able to, the agency who actually took the debt out of the school, they sent me the paperwork to do my student loan consolidation and she, her name is Reagan. So Reagan, if you're listening, thank you. She actually sent me the student loan consolidation form to fill out. I filled it out. And again, this is the same student loan that I was in basic. I was like, I didn't know. And she was like, oh, it's okay, honey. She sent me the paperwork to fill it out. I filled it out. She helped me consolidate my student loan that I had with the school and turned it over to the Department of Education, which... In turn, dropped my interest rate by 17%. Like, hello, amazing. 
So then once I did that, she's like, now, honey, you just in order for us to report it right on your credit, you have to at least give us a promise to pay, even if that's only five dollars. So I was like, dang. All right. And when I came into the army, I was a fuzzy. Like I couldn't I couldn't be affording to like already have debts because everyone knows fuzzies only make like six hundred dollars a month. Like I couldn't afford this. Okay, that was a understanding. We make like twelve hundred dollars a month. But still, like I couldn't afford it. Like it was it was twelve extra payment for something I couldn't afford because I was trying to buy a car. I was trying to buy, you know, the new Dodge Charger. I was all ate up in the game. But you know what I did? I was like, okay, I can do a promise to pay her $25. So every 1st and 15th, she she withdrew from my account $25. And guess what? She removed that off my credit. And the moment I ended up not budgeting right and I missed the payment, boom, it hit my my thing like, oh, you have an account in collections. And I called her. I was like, hey, what happened? She was like, oh, we we didn't get our payment for the month. I was like, oh, no, okay, what do you need me to do? Yeah, your card, it said that it uh, was declined or the account. I was like, oh, yeah, I ended up getting a name change because I got married at the time, and I didn't update my card with it. So once I did that, I um, once I went through, fixed that, the following month, it was removed off my credit because she was like, as long as you have a promise to pay, we don't report. And then once you pay it off, report to the credit agency that the account's been paid off in full. Okay, I could do that. So the, the importance of this whole story is build a relationship with your creditors. Work with them. Let them see that, okay, this person's really trying to do it and they will go above and beyond to accommodate you. They don't, they understand how this is affecting your way of life. They understand the opportunities that you're losing out on. They just want to help you and help, you know, whoever it is that you owe the money, get their money. Just like you want more money in life, that person wants more money. So a lot of people that join the military and they're like, yeah, I joined, I joined the military. I got all these debts. I don't know what I was thinking, how I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. There is a service member's civil relief act. So interest that in debt that you occurred prior to joining the service could be knocked off. This doesn't apply if you incurred $17,000 worth of debt and you're in the military when you occur this debt. This is only for debt that happened before you join. Google it, baby. Go to ACS. They have the memo for you to send to your bank, for you to send to whoever it is you have this debt with. Go and talk to these people. You can Google this memo. I, I don't, I'm not sure if this applies to veterans. I'm not. I'm sorry. This is not what I do for a living. I'm just spreading knowledge that help me but it's worth a shot it's worth a try it wouldn't hurt just keep in mind that this only applies to debt that was incurred before service and we already discussed how some agencies will remove debt as long as you commit to a promise to pay all right now we're going to jump into knowing your left and right limits and about knowing what you can afford what a one is versus a need. So I 
did some research on my own. I didn't just put this stuff together, you know. I think I thought about things that worked for me, things that didn't work for me. And then, of course, I did my own actual research. And these are key terms that I kept coming across that showed me, okay, what what are my left and right limits? Left and right limits, I'm referring to needs and wants. My want is my left side, my left limit. My needs is my right. So a need in terms of finances is something that you can't live without. Food, water, electricity, some of us a job. Like These are things that we cannot live without. We can't afford not to have them. Once, items you buy with your discretionary income. So for people who don't know what discretionary income is, your play money. The money that, oh, I have a lot of this left over. I invested some here. I paid bills here. I put some of my savings here. And now I got, you know, a few hundred dollars. Let me go buy me a cheeseburger. I don't need the cheeseburger. I'm lactose intolerant. But I got a few extra dollars. I want to enjoy myself. I want to have a little snack. That Lexus instead of, you know, the toy or the camera. Kendrick Lamar said it best, baby. Stay humble. The next key term is vision. A vision is a desired end state of where you want to be in the future. I don't know where you are. But for me, I have, I I see great things in my future. I see a vision. I see what I want. And I use goals, long-term, short-term, whatever you want to call it, goals to get to where I want to be, my end state. I've always said I want to own a shopping plaza. Yeah, a shopping plaza. I want to have more than just one store. I want to own the shopping plaza. So what am I doing to get there? Hello, I'm trying to get financially ready so I can apply for that that business loan. So I can apply for a VA loan for a rental property. Like, I, of course, those, those are my goals. But what am I using to get and accomplish my goals? To track my progress, objectives, okay? These... Small stepping stones are called objectives, the things that we use to monitor our progress with our goals. A good example of this is education-wise. Well, no, we're talking about finances. Let's stick with finances. Before I came to Korea, well, I'm no longer in Korea now. Yay! (laughs) But but before I I went to Korea, I wrote out things I wanted to accomplish before leaving Korea financially. I'm going to be real. I didn't accomplish everything. I definitely spent more money than I was supposed to. However, I paid off several credit accounts out there. And even though, you know, I didn't accomplish every goal, my major goal of lowering my debt to fine, to income ratio was achieved because I used each one of those small companies that I had a credit card with or that I I maybe owed, which I don't think I owed any more money. But all those those small little houses of sadness, we'll call them. Because when you have a lot of debt, it's stressful. You be sad. Don't front. If you be a little hurt. I use those as 
objectives to to monitor my goal. Like, okay, I paid off this one. I paid off that one. I paid off this one. I paid this one. I paid this one. I paid this one. I paid this one. Boom! My debt to income ratio is now lowered. And that is an objective and that's a goal and that is a vision at work. So, honey, let me tell you. Doing all this was not easy. I had to be disciplined. I had to stay focused. I used to keep my goals posted on my wall of what I wanted. And people walk in and they're like, why, why is this up here? Why is this taped up? Why you got a big cap lips? Because this is how I handled my business. Seeing it every day, put it in my mind. This is the plan. This is the vision. So lastly, in understanding your finances and educating yourself, know what your budget is. This goes back to your left and right limits, Okay. You should never be living above your means. When I was a young little fuzzy, a young private, and I got I got promoted from private to PV2. <laughs> so from private to private, but became from E1 to E2. My platoon sergeant, my mentor, he told me, always live one rank below what you really are. I didn't understand it. I went out, bought me a 2000... 15 whip. Insurance was more than the car note, $467 because I was 19, only had my license for a year, and I was driving a sports car. Hello, what was I thinking? That's like half my pay for the entire month. No one could tell me anything. And then I realized all the lieutenants in my unit, the first lieutenants, second lieutenants, Even the captains, they were all driving their beaters from when they were in ROTC. Their old little beat-up Nissan Sentras from when they were in ROTC, when they were at Bullock. None of them had brand new cars. At least I didn't see them. They weren't coming to work in them. And that's what hit me. Like, if this officer who makes way more money than me is being humble and driving his old car, getting out with his nice captain rank. Why am I a whole hairy chest fuzzy out here driving a sports car? Like, what? Uh, what? What? What in the world? So I never knew what that meant until the insurance came out on the first. And I was like, Okay, yeah, I need I need to reevaluate several things. I need to take several seats. So the struggle was real. And that's when I learned I need to understand my budget. So I took myself over to ACS. I had him sit down, help me write budget. And that's when I saw, okay, in order for me to live comfortably, I need to stay within these means. So we discussed... Knowing your credit score. We discuss knowing what's on your credit report, the type of relationship you should have with creditors. We discuss knowing your debts, understanding your left and right limits, understanding your finances, and budgeting. Our next step is going to be get out of debt. So how are we going to climb ourselves out of debt? So this concludes... Lesson one, step one of the 12-step program of educating yourself for financial readiness. Until next time, I want you to remember that growth is inevitable. Have a good day, ladies.